Well, good morning, everybody. Again, we're glad to be in the house of the Lord with you today. We're going to look at John chapter 10, John chapter 10 this morning, and we're going to focus on one verse in particular as uh, our topic. We're going to look at the whole chapter kind of to explain that one verse. And so if you would, we're going to read uh, John chapter 10, verse 27. And the question today is, who's your shepherd? And so Jesus is... uh, uh, been speaking, let me set the pace for you here. Jesus is, in chapter 9 has healed a man, and uh, he's done that in the, in the uh, area of the temple, and, and uh, the people, they are uh, not willing to believe that he is who he says he is, even though he's done this great work, and they deny the reality of the work that Jesus has done, and they deny who he is and where the power of that miracle comes from. The Pharisees refuse to acknowledge refused to see it for what it was, refused to acknowledge Jesus for who he is and what he had just done. And, uh, you know, the world is filled with people like that, that in spite of the reality of Jesus, in spite of all the evidence, they refuse to acknowledge him for who he is. And so this was, uh, again, uh, what's taking place. Uh, These guys not only rejected what Jesus had done, when the man came and gave evidence to them, they again discounted him and kicked him out of the synagogue. And pretty much ostracized him and his family, even uh, though the evidence of the healing had taken place. And so um, Jesus now uh, is just on the tail of this incident. And he begins to tell a story or he begins to talk about sheep. And that's where we're going to pick up today. We're going to read, first off, John chapter 10, verse 27. It says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so uh, sheep and shepherds was something that these people were familiar with. Uh, Again, they're not getting who Jesus is even by the miracles that he's performing. But he begins to talk to them about sheep in in an attempt to explain, again, what he's about and who he is and what's going on in their very midst. And so sheep was something that these people knew about. Uh, Again, they were in a temple where they worshipped by uh, offering and sacrificing sheep. And there were people keeping and tending the sheep probably very near where they were at when Jesus begins this discourse. And so, again, it was something that the people could relate to. And so he goes on and he begins to talk about sheep. And the first thing that we're going to look at is uh, uh, we're going to look at the shepherd. And we're going to look at the fact that there's only one shepherd. So let's, let's look in John chapter 10. And I'm going to read some verses to you. Jesus begins by saying, truly, truly, I say unto you. He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. And so he's beginning to describe the attributes of the true shepherd here and who's not the shepherd. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. In other words, there's recognition of the reality that he's the shepherd. The people that are keeping the sheepfold recognize the voice of the shepherd. They, they recognize who he is. And when he comes and when he appears, they open the sheep gate to him. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And so there's not only a recognition by the gatekeeper, but there's a recognition of who the shepherd is by the sheep. They understand and hear and know the shepherd's voice, and they respond because of the reality that they know that this is the shepherd. And so they follow the shepherd out, and he gathers them, and he, he also knows them. So there's the, the recognition of the sheep to the shepherd, but there's also the recognition of the shepherd to the sheep. And so he goes on to explain. It says, when he has brought 
out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And so Jesus says, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. And so, again, they didn't understand the miracles that he had just performed, that only someone who was, uh, again, God, uh, empowered by God could, could do. Um, they didn't understand that, so they didn't under, understand this explanation either. They just weren't getting it. So Jesus says to them again, because they didn't get it the first time, and he goes and begins to kind of repeat the story. He says, truly, truly, or really, really, or very, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. There is no other door. There is no other path. There is no other way. It's just me. And all who come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. He says in verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. In other words, the the fulfillment for the sheep was only through the shepherd, only through the door that he provided. There was no alternative, and, and there was no alternative for God's chosen people, but this lamb, this sacrifice, this shepherd, and while uh, they, they were in, he was in their very midst, performing these miracles in his ministry publicly to them, they were not hearing his voice, they were not understanding what was going on, they were not following the shepherd, they did not recognize him, and, uh, and again, they were missing the reality that Jesus is the only possible way for their salvation. And then he goes on to say, he says, I came that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. So again, all that the shepherd could provide for the sheep, the green pastures, the still waters, all the things that we recognize that sheep need and that are necessary for the full life of the sheep, for the abundant life of the sheep can only be found in the one true shepherd. And so Jesus is painting this picture for them. He says, I've come that they may have life and they might have it abundantly. And he makes this statement. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for a sheep. And that's the very thing that he was about ready to do when he made this statement. He who is a hired hand and uh, not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. So he's making a distinction here between others who might lead them in their life and others they might look to for uh, green pastures and for safety and for protection. And he says, there's only one that has your best interest at heart. It's the true shepherd, the the shepherd that loves the sheep. Not the hired hand who is paid to guard the sheep because when the, uh, when the wolf comes, that guy's going to get out of Dodge, right? And he's not going to, again, protect the sheep because he has no vested interest in the sheep. He has no love for the sheep. And so, again, he's describing his self as the shepherd, a shepherd who loves, a shepherd who will protect his sheep, a shepherd who will, um, again, face the wolf and the life of the sheep. And then he says again in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. And that's the second time he said that. And so he's trying to drive this point home to these folks that, hey, this is where where life is found for the sheep. I'm the shepherd who provides these things. I'm the one who provides protection. I'm the one who provides, provides safety. I'm the one who provides the leadership to green pastures and still waters. He says, I know my own and mine own know me. And that is a statement that sometimes we want to gloss over, but that is the reality of being in relationship with the shepherd. There is an intimate knowledge between the sheep and the shepherd. The shepherd uh, knows his sheep, he knows them by name, and the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And because of the relationship and the knowledge, they follow. And so, again, Jesus is making that point. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. 
And he says, just as the father, he gives this example to drive the point home, just as the father knows me, and I know the father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So this relationship between sheep and shepherd uh, is a picture and describes and shows and demonstrates the reality of the relationship between the son and the father. And Jesus is saying, you have the opportunity to have the same relationship with me as your shepherd as I have with my father, and I'm his son. And so, again, there's a level of intimacy that Jesus is trying to uh, describe to them in this way of talking about sheep. And he goes on to say, he says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. And so he's talking to the Jews, and now he's referring to those that are outside God's chosen people. And he says, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So they, too, will recognize the voice of the shepherd, those sheep that he calls out of that other fold. And so there will be one flock. And then he goes on to say this, one shepherd. And so there's only one shepherd. And for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. So again, Jesus explains the role of the shepherd and he explains the reality of the fact that there's only one shepherd to the sheep, right? And so uh, uh, again, the thing that we want to point out here too is that not everybody, he's not everybody's shepherd. There are those sheep that recognize his voice and follow him, but there are also those sheep that do not recognize the voice of the shepherd and do not follow. And so, again, the question today is, who's your shepherd? He says, uh, here's what he says in verse 26. He says, but you do not believe because you're not among my sheep. And so, uh, again, it's a challenge for every person to consider, are are they truly the sheep of God? Are they following the voice of the shepherd in their life? He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. That's the criteria to determine if you are a sheep being led by this shepherd. And so, again, not all of them are shepherd. He says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And so the reality of being a sheep And the flock of Jesus is that you are his forever. And there is nothing that can change that relationship. There is no power that can remove you from the flock. There is no way that you can be left behind as one of the sheep when you are in the flock of Jesus. He knows you. You know him. You follow him. He protects you. He provides for you. uh, And it is a relationship that is uh, locked throughout all of eternity. He says, uh, my father who has given them to me. The reality of the fact is that the sheep that Jesus has, that he is the shepherd over, come through the divine uh, power and, and the divine ordination of God the Father. He gives the sheep to Jesus. They are his flock. They are his by right because they've been given to him by the Father. And he says, no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. So the power that secures them is the fact that God has placed them where they are. The power that secures them is the fact that God has placed them where they are. And so, again, no one can change that. Um, So this is a surprising phrase to some people because you would expect Jesus to say, you're not my sheep because you do not believe, right? But Jesus didn't say that you're not my sheep because you don't believe. That phrase was uh, flipped, uh, that that phrase is flipped is very significant. See, John many, time, many times records Jesus' words in a way that is a little surprising to many in the modern evangelistic uh, day that we live. He says, that he, he says this, uh, rarely, Jesus record, or rarely records Jesus speaking in an exhortive, pleading sort of way. Jesus never says, please be my sheep, right? 
He never says, please believe in me, please follow me, uh, if you'll just follow me. The Jesus doesn't come at it that way at all. In other, in other words, he, he says it in a totally different way. He records Jesus speaking, John does, in a very definitive term. Let me give you some examples. One is Jesus says, whosoever believes will have eternal life. It's just a matter of fact. If you believe, you will have eternal life. He goes on to say, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. He didn't say, if you believe, you'll be free indeed, right? He said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus is always the one who's doing the action in the area of salvation. Jesus is always the one uh, who is drawing men to himself, who is saving people, who is putting the sheep in the herd, right? And so he goes on to say, if God were your father, you would love me. Jesus made that statement. If God were your father, you would love me. In other words, there are people who God is not the father of, right? They're not following God. They're not believing God. They're not obeying God. They're not living in light of the reality of God. And so therefore they are not God's. Right? If they belong to God, uh, uh, then they are kept, like we understand and see from the verses about the shepherd, that he provides for them, that he protects them, that he feeds them, and that they are kept by the power of the shepherd. He goes on to give another example. He says, why, you, why do you not understand me? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. See, there are people that don't want to hear anything from the shepherd. There are people that don't want to hear that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, right? There are people that don't want to yield their life, to yield their heart, to yield uh, themselves to the reality of Jesus Christ. And he says, uh, another one that John records is, the reason you do not hear is because you are not from God. Not from God. Jesus says it this way in this text here. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And so the reality of being a sheep And the fold of Jesus is that his sheep listen to his voice. Uh, You know, uh, in other places, Jesus says it differently. He says, if you love me, you will what? I tell this in my class like weekly. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, right? And so again, when uh, there is a relationship between the sheep and the shepherd, the sheep follow the shepherd. The sheep trust the shepherd. The sheep look to the shepherd. The sheep have a love and affection for the shepherd. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little story. I have this cat at the house that my daughter abandoned when she moved to California. And I'm not a cat person by nature. Don't really care for cats. Cats don't normally really care for me. But this cat decided that I'm his human Right, And so this cat and I, we have this, this relationship, this strange relationship, because neither one of us really want to need or like the other, but we both do, right? But we don't want to show it too much, so we kind of hide it from the rest of the family. But the family's caught on, and they know that the cat and I have this level of affection for each other. And the cat and I have this little lingo and this little, uh, this little rituals that we do and all these things, because the cat and I have a relationship. And the cat looks to me for food. I look to the cat. Unfortunately, I hate to admit it, for affection. <laughs> right? But there's this relationship, and, and the cat understands that I'm there to pr- protect, provide, let it in, let it out, do the things the cat, need, the cat needs done for it. And the cat is there, uh, I don't know what the cat's given me other than affection. Right? And so there's this relationship. And so there, there is a relationship between God's people and God. And it is demonstrated in the way that they live out their life. And, and the reality is, if it's, you use the, the story of the sheep here or any other story that Jesus uses to describe this relationship, 
that we have with God the Father and with God the Son, there is always interaction in this relationship. There is always God doing for us certain things, and in light of God doing for us certain things, we do things for God because we love him, right? And there's always this relationship. And so the reality, though, is that not everybody has that relationship with God. Now, everyone has the opportunity to have that relationship with God, right? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We have the opportunity. The reality is, though, that not everyone takes advantage of the opportunity to be in relationship. Not everyone takes uh, the opportunity to be shepherded by God as a sheep. Some people don't want God to interfere in their life. Some people don't want God to control their life. Some people don't want to yield to his authority, to his position, to his power, and to his place in their life. And so, again, um, Jesus describes it one more time this way. You do not believe because you are not my sheep. And so we have to ask ourselves, is Jesus our shepherd? Do we, which category do we fall in? Are we a sheep who hears and knows his voice and follows him? Or are we a sheep that we're just not a part of his fold? So here's the reality of sheep without a shepherd. They don't recognize the shepherd. They don't get it, and they don't want to. I'm going to pick up in verse 19 of our text of John chapter 10. He says, there was again a division among the Jews because of the words of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is uh, oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So you have these people debating and they're like, well, he's, he's not, uh, you know, he's not crazy. Look, he just healed a person. I mean, he's, you know, he just demonstrated the, the reality of his power, but others were saying he's crazy. He's a nut. Who does he think he is? And so they were, again, rejecting the reality of what he had done. They had, they had witnessed and seen with their own eyes the healing of this man. A power that could only come from God, right? But yet they discounted it to the point that they called Jesus crazy. That they, cra- they, that they called him insane, right? And that they dismissed everything that he had said and everything that he had done because he's a lunatic. And so again, we have people in life today that discount the reality of Jesus. They look at creation, they discount him. They look, they look, at, uh, they look at what God is doing in the lives of others, they discount him. Uh, and so, again, that happens, and we need to recognize it. And it says, at that, at that same time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And so he's already told them. He's already told them he's the good shepherd. He's already done works that only God could do. He's already, dem- he's already demonstrated the reality and the fact that he is God in the flesh, that he is the son of God. But they, they're not believing, they're not recognizing, and, and they are not uh, choosing to follow the shepherd. And so they ask this question, and they ask, tell us plainly. He says, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? Tell us if you are the Christ plainly. And Jesus answered them. He said, I told you, and you do not believe. And so there's the reality that there are people who will hear over and over the truth of God, the truth of Jesus Christ. They will see it with their own eyes. They may even experience it firsthand to some degree, but they will reject the reality of what God has said about himself. And he says, the works that I do in my Father's name bear witness of me. And so in other words, by what I've done, I've already answered your question that I'm the Christ. He says, but you do not believe in verse 26 because you are not among my sheep. 
Now, you know, that sounds a little harsh, but that is the reality of the situation. That is the reality of many people who know about Jesus, again, and that have experienced Jesus, maybe have even grown up in church, right, and gone to Sunday school their whole life. Maybe they're even baptized in a member of First Baptist Church in Las Cruces. But the reality is they have never come to grips with the reality of, of who Jesus is and placed their faith in him. He says, again, he describes the reality of sheep who do know him and that do have a relationship with him, beginning in verse 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give unto them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them. And so, again, he describes the reality of the relationship when you're one of his sheep. And so, again, he identifies the sheep. He gives us the reality of that relationship, that we have eternal life and that we will follow the shepherd and that we have a relationship with him. How should that shape our understanding of ourselves and our relationship to the Father and to Jesus? Just that it is a relationship and that this relationship, once again, is demonstrated in the way that we live our lives. How, do, how, does, it, how does it pan out when we are truly a sheep of this shepherd? First of all, we hear and recognize Jesus for who he is. He knows us and we know him. We hear his voice and we recognize it. There is a recognition in the life of a true believer to the reality of Jesus, right? We know him and he knows us. Secondly, because of who he is and that we know him, we follow. We as sheep follow the shepherd. We recognize who he is. We recognize his voice. We recognize his position and power as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And we follow as a result of that. In other words, our life is no longer being led by our wills and our ways, but we surrender ourselves to the will of the shepherd, right? After all, doesn't the shepherd know best what is, what is best for the sheep? Doesn't he know where the green pastures are and the still waters and the things that we need as sheep to be fulfilled and be content and be safe and to be satisfied in the, in the kingdom or in the fold? And so again, we follow the sheep. We recognize him. And because we recognize him, we follow. And, in, and then as a reality of that relationship, his sheep are provided for. He says, I give them eternal life. He gives care to the sheep. He gives the ultimate care to the sheep, right? In the form of eternal life. And then his sheep are protective. He says, I give unto them eternal life and they will never perish. So this relationship between sheep and shepherd goes on for all of eternity. It's not something that's going to come to an end one day. We're not sheep being rounded up for the slaughter, in other words, right? We are sheep in in perpetuity to be cared for by the shepherd. And so, again, his sheep are protected. And he goes on to describe the level of protection that the sheep have, that, that no one can change that. Nothing can snatch the sheep out of the shepherd's hand. And he says, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. And so, again, the protection is consistent for all of eternity, right? We have this relationship going forward forever. Now, how is that significant for us today? What, what should we take away from this? Jesus says that the shepherd is none other than God Almighty. Look with me in verse 30 if you have your Bible. He says, I and the Father are one. This was the whole point to the story of sheep and shepherds. 
Jesus was trying to get them to understand, and he says it point, point blank, bluntly, right here, that who he is. He says, I and the Father are one. They ask him, are you the Messiah? He said, I and the Father are one. And he goes on to say, the Jews picked up stones to stone him. And Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which one of them are you going to stone me? And the Jews answered him, it's not for the good works that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself like God. And so again, they asked him if he was the Messiah, the one sent from God. And then when he responded and gave them the reality of the fact that he was, they still denied the truth that Jesus was sharing them. And they still uh, uh, rebelled against the voice of the shepherd, and they still would not recognize the reality of what God was there to do for them. And so again, I ask you, in life, how many times has God revealed himself in your life and we don't recognize or we don't accept that reality? And maybe we even fight against that reality. Maybe we even get angry at God because of that reality because we don't want to yield to the reality of God in our life. And so... He goes on to say, he contrasts the different kinds of people here. He says, Jesus gives the people some of the most comforting words in the entire scriptures. Now, this is the reality if we've accepted Jesus as our shepherd. This is the comfort that we get from that truth and from that relationship. And that is this, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. And so, again, we can know if we have a relationship with the shepherd by the way we live as sheep. Are we following Jesus? If we are, then there's great comfort because we know that we have a relationship with the shepherd. And so, again, uh, we want to confirm for ourselves that we are sheep following the shepherd, right? And so uh, he contrasts the, the several different kinds of people in the text here that don't follow. He says those that refuse to or cannot hear him, right? There are those who refuse to or will not hear him. Um, There are those who hear him, but refuse to follow him or obey him. And both of those are incorrect postures for sheep who are being led by this shepherd. And then he goes on to say, those who are hear him, but are afraid to follow because of the consequences, right? They don't trust the shepherd. They don't believe the shepherd. They don't rely on the shepherd. And then there are those who obviously do hear and those who do follow. So this morning, I'm wondering, where are you at with Jesus as your shepherd? And uh, who are you following and who are you listening to in your life as your shepherd? Maybe you want all the good things that Jesus promises, like sheep wanting green pastures of abundant life, but you just don't want to go about it the way Jesus says. You want to go about it a different way. You want to find your own shepherd. Well, Jesus said, I'm the gate. Nobody enters except by me, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes into the Father but by me. You can't, as sheep, choose your shepherd. The reality is the shepherd chooses you to be his sheep. And so, again, you don't have... uh, Jesus is described another way. What Paul says this, what, what power does the clay have over the potter? The potter has the power over the clay to make the vessel that he wants out of that clay, right? And all throughout Scripture, we have different examples of the fact that God is in control and that God is in control of my life and your life, and he is sovereign. And that's what makes him God. You know, a God who's not sovereign and in control is no God at all. And so, again, 
God is in control of your life, and he is the shepherd choosing his sheep. And the reality is, are you responding in a way that demonstrates that you are one of his sheep? And so, again, we don't get to choose our shepherd. Uh, The shepherd chooses us. And we don't get to choose our way to follow the shepherd. We hear his voice. We acknowledge his position in our life, and we follow him. And because of that, we experience all the blessings that God has for us. So maybe this morning... Uh, you're hearing like the blind Pharisees who refused to see the miracles of Jesus as they, as they were. Signs that he was and is who he claimed to be. And you think uh, maybe that Jesus is following this Jesus is a crazy thing to do with my life. You know, why would I want to yield my life and give up my life and be uh, this Christian or this sheep? Why wouldn't I just want to do what I want to do? Because after all, it's my life and I'm entitled to have my happiness and my choices and my will and my way. Well, let me just tell you something. You do have that choice. You do have the will and the ability to reject the shepherd. But you also have to live with the consequences of having no shepherd. And there are wolves. And there are lions. And there are famines ahead for sheep with no shepherd. And so that is your choice. But it's a poor choice, if you ask me. It says, but you acknowledge that Jesus himself is the only way to green pastures. Here's the key. You have the desire to follow, perhaps even crying out like a man who told Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. You know, sometimes taking that step and that leap of faith to trust Christ is scary, right? But the reality is Jesus said that if you will seek him, you will find him. And that, uh, you know, uh, if, if any man... For example, lacks the wisdom or the understanding that he needs to come to God. Let him ask who gives to all men liberally and abradeth not. And God gives us the wisdom and the understanding the ability to come to him. And so, again, God gives us all that we need to follow him as our shepherd. So, again, here's the reality. Jesus is sheep. Hear his voice. Jesus knows them. And so then there is relationship between sheep and shepherd. The sheep recognize the shepherd. They recognize his voice, and Jesus knows who his sheep are and the reality of those that are trusting in him and the reality of those that are living for him and that are following him. And he says they will never be snatched away from his hand. Sheep without a shepherd, who's your shepherd today? Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then we'll have a time of invitation. Lord, we are thankful for the reality that you are our shepherd And God, for the reality that we are your sheep and that you have worked in our life and Lord, you have made a way for us to have everlasting life through the gate that is Jesus. And Lord, we are thankful for that. Lord, we just pray now that our time of invitation, if there's someone here that has never, Lord, trusted you and made you the shepherd of their life, that they might turn their life over to you. And we ask this in your name. Amen.